Hi, I'm your host, Karina Gantis, and you're listening to a special edition of Behind the Pen for the NAPOD POMO National Podcast Post Month. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Karina Gantis, for this edition of Behind the Pen. I have a very special guest. His name is Paul White. Welcome to the show, Paul. Hi, Karina. Thank you for having me. Now, People have to know that me and Paul, we've known each other for years, and this is the first time we've actually seen each other and spoke. So this is like a monumental occasion for me, and I'm so jumpy and ecstatic and so happy about it. So if you see me jumping all about, and I'm not drunk for anything, I'm just really, really happy about today. So um, Paul wears lots of hats, and behind the pen is for people that use a pen. Um, It could be an illustrator, it can be a writer, author, an editor, a tattooist, um, an artist, and the list goes on. Um, I'm not going to ask Paul what he uses his pen for because I know he's an author, but he still wears other hats. He is an editor and manager of a, a fantastic magazine. And he also started the Brandon EE. And if you know me, I have books with the Electric Eclectic, which is uh, Paul's branding. It's not a publish. It's not a publisher. It's a branding, and I'll have uh, Paul talk about that uh, in just a moment. I am Karina Gantis, your host. I am an author of fourteen books. I am an award-winning filmmaker. Using my voice already, and I am a podcaster, YouTuber, and booktuber, and I'm also the host of the uh, radio show. Artist First, uh, uh, Artist First Network, Author Assist. I also run Author Assist, which helps uh, authors with their marketing promotion, everything from brainstorming an idea right through to marketing the final product. I'm there for them. So let's get on with this. Paul, yay! <laughs> where, where are you from now, right now? Where are you in the world? Right, I'm in East Yorkshire. Um, near a small market town called Beverly. Um, our, my nearest city is Hull. Mo- that's most UK for anyone Hull. who don't know where Yorkshire is. That's, that's UK. the UK, yeah. The <laughs> east coast of the UK, yeah. I love listening to British accents. I'm going to miss it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if you've got the Yorkshire twang. You you know, you're British, so that's really cool. Well, I'm... I'm, I'm been a bit of a gypsy really i've slowly i was born down in portsmouth on the south coast and i slowly um, migrated north via like bristol and other places london bristol and and eventually i found myself here um i might in the future end up living in scotland so i'm slowly going going north there's a there's a lot of people that want to retire in scotland it's a a really beautiful place if you've got people there as well it makes it even even better to be uh, retiring there um so let's start with your books because you've wrote a lot of books and i've read some of your um short stories from your collections um crime and violence am i right <laughs> yes tales yes. of crime and violence yes. that's the one i go well that's the three if i remember i've got them but i haven't had the chance to read them all yet so let's start from the beginning with you right right back to school university i mean oh, did you do yeah. creative writing did you take any courses no. was it something you wanted to do no, i didn't i, th- I think my if you can call it a a writing career back then i think that started when my mother worked for a company a data input company and she had to learn to touch type Mm. so i found myself at home um and there was this electronic typewriter (laughs) and i was probably about 11 or 12 and i started writing little poems um and things sort of progressed from there i suppose i i I got to enjoy writing and some poems went to little stories i mean they were awful when i look back on them now (laughs) for a child of that age it was i think it was quite good 
I remember back when my first electric typewriter, and I think I've even still got some of the original pages of In Times of Violence, which were typed up. Um, the first uh, short story that then turned into my first novel. So yeah, I remember back then with the typewriter and having to buy ribbons and all that. Well, my, 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 first, my first real story, which I probably started writing at about 18, is was actually the second book I published. It's Miriam's Hex, and it's yeah. published with with Electric Eclectic. Yeah. Um, Ebook and our, one of our little pocket books. Oh yeah, um, lovely. Yeah, but I, I wrote that years ago and I lost it. I lost it. I lost the story. And then, I mean, this is all told as a, as a preface of, of of the actual book. It's in the book itself. Um, I lost it. And many years later, when I was moving home, I was moving out of um, where I lived in Bristol at the time to come up to this area of the country. And I found this brown envelope, um, like a cardboard, and in there was, well, you'd call it a manuscript now. It was roughly type and pe uh, typewritten pages. And it had scribbles and notes and things all over it. And that was Miriam's Hex. And to tell you the truth, it was pretty awful. <laughs> but there was something about it. So I rewrote it and edited it and rewrote it and uh, add and do you do what you do and eventually I, I came out with a manuscript that I was happy with mm. and I thought right I've got to publish this and I've got to tell people the story behind it and it was um I published that book I think it was when oh To Kill a Mockingbird can't remember the author's name now it's escaped me oh my God. she had died the second book was being published and they said, you know, this is taking like 30, 40 years to come out. And I said, well, so is this one. <laughs> From when I wrote it, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's coincidence. Like but... Yeah, no, I was like that with the illusional reality. I watched the film um, uh, Fellowship of the Rings and the Two Towers and I wrote illusional reality in the quest and then I put it away and forgot about it. Ten years later... Yeah. I found it, looked at what I wrote, and, and published it. But when when you found uh, Miriam's Hex and you started work on it, I found when, when I found my, it was a short story, 18 pages typed up. And I thought, right, I've got my computer now, I'm going to work on it. And one page, I finished one page, and 20 pages had been written. I was like, yeah. what happened? Where did what that happened? come from? Where, where did that come from? It's like magic. It was just flowing out of me to do, to you know, this story that needed to be told that was in a short form, 18 pages, ended up becoming my first novel. And it's just the way it just suddenly turned from one page into 20. And I'm like, where did that come from? And it's... it's that, an, that, that, that's well, a wonderful thing about being a writer is you are always improving, you're always getting better. Mm -hmm. your, your next book is better than the one you've just written. And you book after that and you can look back and think, oh my God, did I really, is that, oh. And that's why like with the, the abduction of Rupert Deville, I am now, as I said before we went live on air, I'm in the middle of, I was going to say a heavy edit, but it's actually a total rewrite, rewrite. of the story. It's a total rewrite of the story, and I will be launching it under a, a, a different title because I've learned so much over the ensuing years. And that's one thing I love about being an author. It's, uh, yeah, the more books you write, and of course, the more you work with editors, you learn more, um, your writing gets stronger, um, darker in my case. Um, <laughs> and then you look back at your first book. I mean, I'm not embarrassed about the book. I'm embarrassed about the cover. No. <laughs> <laughs> back, oh, then, back then, it was perfect for the time. I mean, we're talking yes. back when it was paperbacks and no ebooks existed. Um, it was for young adults and it was like a cartoon 
um, drawing of a, a woman and, and two guys in a motorbike. And, and it was just perfect for the time. But now I look back at it. And if you see the new, new cover, it's like blows me away, the new covers. But uh, yeah, that, that's the only thing uh, I think I've ever been embarrassed about is the actual covers that I had for my original books. I mean, I that wasn't even the that. first one. Actually, the first cover, thinking about it, the first cover was actually blue with broken pavements. And then on the back, someone had broken glass and took a picture of it, and that was the back cover. And that was before the woman draw the characters on the next cover. Gosh, I must have had about five covers for that book by now. <laughs> But that's that is that's how the publishing work goes. I've got two or three copies of um, Wilbur Smith books, who was one of my favourite writers from being a young child. And each each one has a different cover. So even the big publishers do it. Yeah, even yeah, the big that's publishers true. Update their covers. It's like my my favourite writer, Essie Hinton. She's the reason that I became an author. Um, there are about 10 different versions of The Outsiders on uh, yeah. Amazon, different covers from different publishers. So... Yeah, it's keeping, keeping current. So go through all your books. Let, let us oh. know exactly what's out there. Oh, goodness me. Um... Okay, I have. Um, let's start with the electric eclectic books. The last well, let's one. Talk about Deep electric Water. eclectic first, Paul, because okay. this, um, you started this uh, quite a few years ago. It's grown, I, maybe I think, not I, as as well as we we hoped it would. <laughs> I think some people are taking advantage of it. Myself, but um, yeah, it, it changed direction to my original concept. And the original concept was, I got, I'm really fed up with authors giving away free books or really heavily discounted books. It worked once upon a time, but the market is quite flooded now, as you, as, as you know, and the quality of the books vary greatly. Mm. Um, I won't go into ebooks. I'll just talk about books in general at the moment. And I know a lot of people, they, they're looking for new authors to follow or books that are going to excite them. And I thought, well, the free book market doesn't do that because even on Amazon's own figures, only 2% of free books are ever read because the person that buys them, the, you have these freebie book hunters yes. and they, they perceive there's no value in it because it doesn't exactly. cost anything. They haven't invested in it. Exactly. They put uh, it on their Kindle and then they get another one, put it on their Kindle and in the and end your free there. book is never get read. Yeah. Yeah. And 98% um, are deleted without being read within four years. That's Amazon's own figures. That's what they're telling us. Mm. And, it, and it's a shame. So my idea was... Let's have some nice quality books from um, every genre, multiple authors. Um, but let's give it a, a, a little bit of identity, hence the electric eclectic brand, because initially they were, it was just going to be ebooks, um, hence the electric part. So, and the eclectic, because it is an, an eclectic mix. Eclection, yeah. Yeah, just as simple as that. And by joining together and promoting our books along with the um, electric eclectic brand, it would give us like a position in the market or an, or, or a, an identity. Yeah. And an identity. And that's what we're really talking about. So whenever authors within electric eclectic can promote either the brand or their books. They're actually helping um, to promote all the other authors who have joined with us. Um, and that was the idea is to try and get a strong brand identity, um, much as Penguin. Just the name Penguin and the little logo is, is a brand identity. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the idea. Join together and the synergy of everybody working together will help promote the brand and the brand will help then 
promote our authors in, in that was the idea now now that facebook are allowing us to which i'm really shocked about allowing us to have our little shops yes if the if the e-authors actually tag the book to the shop then it's taking them to see all of the books not just their book instead of just um promoting their book as uh, an e-book and um the blurb and the link and what have you to actually do what Amazon want uh, Facebook want you to do and tag the book to the shop that's what needs to be done by every single one of the e authors they need yes. to use that shop because it it needs to be you people that click on my book need to be taken to see all the books available not just all the mine. books from all the authors yes yes uh, absolutely. It's, it's not I hard. Mean, it's, it's not hard to tag a post. It's not hard. And again, if anybody's looking for a, for a book from Electric Eclectic, from any of our authors, they can go onto Amazon and type in Electric Eclectic Books. And that will bring up, there are, because of the way Amazon works, other books that find their way in that mm -hmm. either have Electric or Eclectic or something within the symbol yeah. within the title. So the, the, the way the logarithms work. But um, yeah. You, you can access and find the books and scan through them that way. Um, but our website on the Facebook page, uh, our shop on the Facebook page, yeah, we definitely need all the authors to get their books tagged on there. But it is relatively new for us, that. It is. It's a new thing. And I'm so happy that Facebook has done it because they've just been absolute bar lambs the way they've treated authors over the years and built this wall up stopping us from from promoting as as we used to do and uh so for them to allow us to do that i think that's brilliant but yeah electric eclectic's fantastic and you know it's an ebook because it has a, this logo that no one else has and that is the branding that is the symbol that it belongs to that collection um, and the covers as well. The covers all have some sort of connection. Um, they're not uh, like um, you'd see my other books. There'd be um, a person on the front, digitally done, um, very realistic. Something you see in the shop or bestseller on the bestsellers with with eclectic, uh, electric eclectic. The covers are very. They're very artistic. Very, yeah, very identifiable, very artistic. Yes. Um, I used to have, or we used to have, really, really tight rules, and I'd loosened that up a bit as well. So um, they are looking slightly different. And that's that's because originally they were just short, um, either novellas or novelettes, um, e-books. Mm -hmm. And because of the request from our authors, there we now have the little pocket book, uh, pocket book paperbacks. We have full size paperbacks. We still have our ebooks, but they're not necessarily just uh, short novellas now. They are we've got full size, full, full, um, yeah. full length novels, and it, it, you know even series. Even um, the, the 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 series are in there from like CG Blade and that. How so, how many authors are now in the group? Um, I believe we've got about, uh, uh, do you know the exact number? I don't know off the top of my head, but I believe we've got about 20 now. Yeah, that's good. Because so you don't want too four, many, four you know, and... four or five, yes. Yeah, yeah I, wanted, I, I wanted to join straight away, but I didn't have a book, so I had to wait until I wrote a new book, <laughs> and then I could uh, brand <coughs> it with the amazing EE, -E. and just give me one second, EE -E logo. So this is oh you can't see because we're on audio. <laughs> so yes, I'm getting books out and we're on audio, but uh, the pocket books are so cute. They actually fit in a pocket. And um, the logo 
if you don't know, it's, it's a circle with a line in the middle and an E on one side and the E on the other side. And they look actually like they're a mirrored, a mirror image E. Um, so yeah, uh, you can pop over to Facebook to E Electric Eclectic there, um, or go to Amazon for there. So let's now talk about your books. <laughs> okay. Um, I mentioned Miriam Hex earlier. So Miriam Hex is an EE book. Uh, um, so is A New Summer Garden. Now, okay. So Miriam Hex is, is a comedy. It's um, a, a light comedy about an overbearing wife and a, <laughs> a bit of a wimp of a husband. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a fun, enjoyable, short read, but I love that book because it's got the history, as I told you about me losing the manuscript and everything. <laughs> a New Summer Garden is totally different. Mm. That's um, sort of a, a crime thriller, fast-paced, um, sort of amalgamation of, of every... Um, like crime story, like James Bondy type crime story you've ever seen on 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 TV or Twenty Four, if you ever watch that program, it's sort of an amalgamation of all of those condensed into into one book. Um, it was really good fun writing that one. Yeah. Um, Deep Waters again. I've taken a totally different tack on that. It's um, a book about. A husband coming to terms with the death of his wife mm. um, doesn't sound very intriguing, but it's sort of more of a, a slow burning book about personal emotions. It, exactly, it's um, personal to you, so it, it makes sense. And also, special. it happened, yeah, as it turned out, yeah. it became personal to me, yes, because I lost my wife shortly after writing or so, shortly after publishing that. Um, I've got Mechanical Mike. Mechanical Mike, again, Pocketbook EE. Again, another another fun book. Um, I was commissioned by a um, an online uh, company who were launching a, a, a new website, which was going, uh, which is sort of sci-fi fantasy website. Mm. And they were looking for artists and authors and people and they commissioned me to write a story for them um as it happened it the the website never came to fruition so i was then left with this uh story and it just sat gathering dust on on, on my hard drive for a while anyway i pulled it out and re, re again went for a re rewrite with that and it become Mechanical Mike. And this is about a, um, a, a private eye who has to rescue his girlfriend from the Nazis. It's based in, in France, in Paris, in World War yeah. II. Yeah, yeah. Now, the reason the Nazis have her is because they've taken her father, who's a mad scientist, to build Hitler a robot army. Got you. So you, you've got you've got mad professors, you've got <laughs> robots, you've got beautiful blondes, you've got private eyes, you've got action. It's sounds a bit fast like one of the um, <clears throat> Mr. What's his name, Mr. American film, where they were trying to build something and they kidnapped someone, and they said, oh, "We'll kill them if you don't make me what we want." Exactly it's that sort of premise. Yeah, well, I'm yeah, exactly that sort of premise. Only this is more like <coughs> retro vintage comic book. <laughs> retro yeah. vintage comic. Yeah, <laughs> retro vintage comic book type. <laughs> um, something you might have read in Boys Own in the 1960s, brought up to date, and that's cool. mechanical, mate. So, Call me multi-genre people do, but I just enjoy writing different stories about different things. You're the same as me. Um, we're, pro we're prolific authors. We don't stick to yeah. one genre. We have a desire oh. to to write a book in a totally different genre, which you know what I've been doing. And um, 
you you then soak up that genre you watch films you watch you read books and you're just passionate about it and then when you're ready then you write your own absolutely uh, yeah absolutely that and and yeah you get wholeheartedly absorbed in that project totally yeah. so what came after mechanical mike what came after? Yeah, what was the next books? I'm, I'm really having... Uh, times of... Yeah, because um, I mean, I've got some... I mean, the, what, what I've been speaking about are the electric, electric pocket books and mm -hmm. e-books. But I, I write a, a lot of short story collections. Um, my latest one is called Within the Invisible Pentacle. Mm. Um, and that title... Um, came in fact. Oh, again, I'm doing I'm doing what you're doing. I'm going <laughs> to uh, pick up to show you a book that you won't be able to see. <laughs> you can see it. Nobody else can. Okay, yeah, within the invisible pentacle, and 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 quite Carter. a thick book. That's quite oh, a thick book, it's, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think I've got thirty-three short stories in here. Well, I'm not so, that sure if what? it's. They're not all that short, no. Yeah, but that's a really <laughs> yeah. thick book for a collection. Very good, nice. Uh, um, Angela Carter, uh, sadly she's deceased now, wrote a book called um, In the Company of Wolves. I have and, heard of uh, that. Oh, right, okay. <clears throat> it was, it was, yeah, a bestseller at one time. <clears throat> but within that, there was a certain um, paragraph, uh, paragraph, certain section that I really, a couple of paragraphs that I really liked. And part of that, is, she says, with, within the invisible pentacle. And um, I thought, because it was all, it's, this is all feminine based. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, short... If you want to, yeah, go ahead, yeah. Okay, I will. Okay, so this is from Angela Carter's book, The Company of Wolves. She stands and moves within the invisible pentacle of her own virginity. She is an unbroken egg. She is a sealed vessel. She has inside her a magic space, the entrance to which is shut tight with a plug of membrane. She is a closed system. She does not know how to shiver. She has her knife and is afraid of nothing. That's nice. the extract, and it's the words within the invisible pentacle. And because every story in within the invisible pentacle is um, is either has a feminine title or the the female element of the story is the the prime element of of, of each different tale. Right. Um, that that just worked really well for me. Good. So. Even though I'm a male writer, and some of it's written is from obviously from a male perspective, there are a couple of bits that are written from the female perspective in there. But everything, all the um, titles in the book of each story, and it wasn't something I set out to do. It was a lot of sh short stories I had that I needed to put in. So yeah. I had Marianne, Destiny, Letting Go of the Girl, um, Katie, Emerald and Frank. Uh, another one's called Lily Nicole. Another one's called The Bag Lady. Hazel Dawn, Cherry, My Mother's Words. So uh, everything's got feminine title. But as I explained when I was talking about, every single story is totally different genre, if you like. It comes from yeah, a different angle. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like Heads and Tails. I got the idea of Heads and Tails from... Um, an album by Iron Maiden called Best of the Beast. And I took all their titles as their songs, just the titles, and came up with flash fiction for every title. And it's Brilliant. amazing what inspires you, isn't it? What inspires oh, you to write. Absolutely. And yet you and me, we, we love our flash fiction, our short stories. And I'm talking of which, going back to your uh, trilogy of uh, uh, crime and violence. Um, yeah. Fantastic uh, short stories in there. Again, like you say, with different genres. But um, did you have any of those published before you put them into your own collection? Um, 
No, not 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 as such. I I did have a website, um, or oh, a blog really, where I used to um, publish some of my short stories for people to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but because I run other blogs and websites, I couldn't keep up with it all the time. So I had to I had to trim down what I was doing. Um, so I had time to 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 eat and wash and do other <laughs> things. <laughs> I hear so, <laughs> so again I had this big pile of stories and even though the books as you know are called tales of crime and violence they're not your standard um crime stories in there mm-hmm. Every, everything I'm looking at is through the eyes of the different people involved whether it's the person committing the crime whether it's um let's just say a hostage or innocent standby uh, stand somebody standing just watching what's happening and I've tried to put their um, sort of put the emotions and the thoughts because that's what a, a lot of my writings about I try and connect the human elements into mm. the story I want my I want people to uh, empathize with the character they, they might hate them they might love them uh, they've got um, to be able to relate to them parts of themselves yep. within each and every character and that's that's most of my writing whether it's comic or whether it's some of the more serious or emotional stuff that's what I try and build into every single short story or novel. So what's uh, the last uh, book uh, you published or are you working on a new one now or are you just doing the rewrites? Well, no, that Within the Invisible Pentacle was the last one. I had one called Dark Words before that, which were like more darker stories and darker mm-hmm. poetry. So there's a, a combination yeah. of both in there. Um, the only things I've published out, outside of that since, um, I also, I'm ex-Royal Navy, ex, um, I'm a veteran, if you like. So I also have a second side to my authorship, which are non-fiction books. Mm. And they relate to, um, what I'm trying to do is build a collection of books up which record Royal Navy's social history from about Mm. 1950s till about the early 1980s, which really was the modern heyday of of the Royal Navy. But these are academic, well, one is, um, the others are academic books. They are actually, um, as I said, it, it's more of the, the social history. Mm-hmm. We, we see now a lot of television programs about the First World War, where rather than telling us what happened, they're stories of what people experienced in the trenches or what people experienced, so their personal views. Yeah. Well, with my books, um, I have the Pasta's Cookbook, which was like recipes of all the favourite dishes that people ate during the time. When, I, but, when but, I saw that, I thought, that is so niche, that is so gimmicky. I've never seen anything like that before, and I thought that was fabulous when I heard about uh, that book. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's, I mean, that, that, I've got to say, that is my best-selling book of all time at the moment. And it's Amazing. coming up to five years old, and I, it's it's still selling like hotcakes. It really is a terrific, terrific. It's because it's not just a. It's not just a recipe book. It's got Royal Navy slang in there. It's got little bits of memoirs and everything in in entwined in it. So, oh, and then I have. When when people come um, into a mess on the ship, you at Stand Easy and your shipmates are chatting away, they tell stories, tall stories, um, anecdotes, whatever. So I've, I've put them together. I've got, there's two of them. There's Jack's Dit. They're, they're called Dits. We call them Dits. I'll tell us a little tale. Now, <laughs> whether they're genuine, totally fake, it, it, um, they're repeated time and again and twisted and altered as the p- different people tell them over the years. So I've collated them. I've got Jack Ditts and um, just after I said my last book was Jack Ditts 2, so a second edition. Um, there's lots of stuff which is, again, very peculiar to the Royal Navy. Um, 
But if you've been um, a Royal Navy sailor, a Royal Marine, they would understand completely where you're coming from whatever anything within that range of the you'll get it yeah Um, so i've got those two i mean that's who your readers are isn't it that's the ones that are buying those that kind of books is is the the veterans and the ex servicemen And, and and they're brought quite often as gifts for, for for dads or uncles yeah. or or granddads or whatever oh, and of course there's, there's more and more people joining the navy and they're reading reading them that's um, amazing that is i've also um written a book called the andrew jack and jenny now the nickname for the royal navy is the andrew the nickname uh-huh. for british sailors jack jolly jack tar if you like and jenny is the female sailor oh. so where do all these names come from and everybody in in the navy gets given a nick my nickname was knocker <laughs> that everybody you got buster browns and bing crosby's and oh wow so, um, again i collated a book it's quite i'll show you you can see it nobody, but as you can see this is really a thick one even that is really big yeah and uh, this is just full of where all the names come from how how they so the it's the as it says the origin and history of Royal Navy nicknames. Oh wow! Um, and and again, so for instance, if you name imagine was, that if your surname was Dean, you would yeah. be called Dixie. Um, and so it tells you where that name come from. If your name was Fagan, you would be called Patsy. <laughs> um, you don't have a choice. The name you, you, you can't choose. Your name. <laughs> uh, and so that that does that. So. Yeah, they make excellent uh, Christmas presents. I think uh, oh, you should do well at, on the fourth uh, season uh, for book sales with your uh, non-fiction books, certainly. Yeah, I mean, that non- non-fiction side of it, um, I've got another book about the crossing the line ceremony. Yeah, they, they, they are terrific. They keep a roof over my head. <laughs> that's amazing well we just got enough time to quickly mention the magazine because uh, it's fantastic the interviews that you do and what you talk about in it as well as uh, showing off the e-books as well and and your own stuff um you you talk with um you go you go one step further than a normal book magazine um it's it's fabulous if you want to um talk about that let them know that and where they yeah. can get it i mean to give it its full title it's electric press literary insights but we just call it electric press for ease uh, it's a magazine that I, w- I wanted to do because i've seen so many of these it's an online magazine um i'll say that electric magazine it's not not a print <clears throat> so many but they seem to be targeted at the authors at the at, at the people who are writing and I thought we want readers rather than other you know yeah authors will buy each other's books t- to a degree mm. but that's that's not really our market we're looking uh. for, for other people and there wasn't a lot that I could see that actually addressed the reader directly so what I try to do with electric press is fill that full of interesting content short stories articles like you said interviews that people interested in reading and interested in in books would enjoy it's a quarterly magazine so we've just had the current issue is the november issue the next one's february and then it's it's may etc um what i do with that is for in exchange, if you like, for somebody um, sending in a, a, a nice article or a, a short story or something, majority of these people who send things in are authors, so I allow them to showcase their books mm-hmm. uh, or, or their current book in in the magazine. But it is really a, a way for readers to find new books, new authors, but also to just just enjoy a magazine, which I think magazines have fallen out of fashion to a degree. Um, 
yeah, I'd like it to come back. You know, I'd like this to be the Vogue or the the GQ of the of the book world. It's. I mean, maybe I'm thinking about a different magazine now when you used to, but you had a lot of um, articles um, that that spanned for people all around the world that contacted oh, yes. you. And you remember, was that a different magazine? Because that was. <laughs> That was the forerunner. That was called um, CQ magazine, Creative Quarterly. Um, and I used to in, in, in include like artwork and diff it different was, things in that. Yeah, it was but all this, to do with art, yeah. Yeah. No, so, so Electric Press has come from that, if you like, from that stable. Um, but I'm just keeping that to the literary side of things. Right, yeah. Rather than, than arts and dance and music and yeah and I, mean, just, I, did, I did love it, cq though by the way <laughs> yeah thank you yeah it just it just got um it was it getting too big difficult. that it needed yeah. dividing it was too difficult yeah, very yeah. i mean the magazine is available in oh have readers um in 90 countries and we have about fifty thousand people read that book per issue Wow. That's, a, that's an average taken over the last like two years that this yeah. electric press has now been going. Um, of course, that's been damaged a bit by COVID and 2019 because and obviously I, I say I lost my wife. So during 2019, um, it, there was only the November issue published, I think. And so this one, this year's November. So for we, we've I lost three issues. So we, we may have lost some of those figures, Ready, yeah. Um, but I hope Reasons. I hope to get them back soon. Yeah, that's good. Well, um, what are you working on now? I mean, what's your plans? And we know you're going over to Scotland, traveling, and everything. Will you be doing like a journal while you're there? Maybe uh, writing about the places you go to. I will be, but it, that um, I'm a member of the Scottish Travel Society. So oh. that will be on on their website and for them. Yeah, I'm doing some videos of um, Harris Tweed makers and kill people and uh, all sorts of things while I'm up there. So yeah, it's a holiday, but I'll be busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not just writing for them. I mean, you could be writing for yourself. If nonfiction is is working for you more than the fiction is, and and Scotland is just so full of culture and so much oh, stuff to, to talk about the history and everything. I think if you did your own nonfiction book about one of the niches of something, maybe Tartan, maybe uh, Haggis, I don't know. But uh, well, one, one, of the, one, one of the famous things yeah. that people want to know about in Scotland, yes. I think you could have another bestseller. Well, a side project that I'm working along is actually um Scottish folklores and legends there's yeah. lots of stories and so I'm taking some of those and I'm telling the same stories but based in the modern world oh wow so very difficult very hard project but I'm working on it oh I've that sounds cover, I'm working on it you've got the cover already you've got the title it, it's I find that works for me if I make a cover I've got to fill it. Oh, that works for me personally. I can't say. write a book and not have anyway. That's that. Well, as you know, I design covers as well, so I love it. Um, yeah, so that's a side project that I'm working on. But I'm also working on another easy book at the moment called The Shed, um, mm. which is uh, quite a comical tale. Again, it's about this chap who had enough of the rat race. He goes and you know on this little island in my mind it's a little scottish island but it could be any island in the world it could be corfu or crete or wherever he wants to go get away from the rat race and as his new little life he's sort of struggling to um work out how things work how we can live on a little island and um his integrate integration with the local community so it's a little story about that mm. It's um, a fun story as well, uh, and it's got a neat little twist at the end. So I it's like a this. short story I've got that I'm building up into a longer story. 
That's um, awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm always I've I've always got several projects on the go. I, I, people get writer's block. I just move from one project to another to give myself a red and different headspace. Exactly, exactly. I don't believe in in writer's block. I think uh, what it is, it's just you're stuck on um, a part of the, the book. You have to walk away from it, work on something else, come back and the answer will jump out at you of how to get onto the next Absolutely. stage. Absolutely, you can write yourself into corners and you're scared to go back and delete things and rewrite it. Given that break, you come back with fresh eyes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is the same when we've, we've done our first draft, we leave it, work on something else, pick it up again and all the errors all of the inconsistencies jump out. Um, we, don't, yes. we don't catch them all because that's what an editor does. Thank, I love, love my absolutely. editors. Absolutely love my editors. Um, so, uh, yeah, the um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, did you know that um, one of the EE books that me and Karen did, uh, Toxic, which you've read, yes, both versions. Uh, we're working on book two. Um, and um, it's going to be a trilogy. We already know what's happening in book three. We've actually been offered a publishing contract for all six books. That would be absolutely brilliant. That's That would be perfect. Yeah, yes. we're really, really happy about that. So that's going to be a total rewrite because the way we've done it is, for those that don't know, it's one's naughty and one's nice. Absolutely. And so the, <laughs> the reader gets a choice of what kind of book they want. But where, where I've gone into the naughty scenes, uh, Karen, my writing partner, Karen J. Mossman, has gone into a different scene that's not in my book. And so what the publisher wants to do is to try and connect the two completely. And the only difference is the, the sexual explicitness of the erotica part, but the rest the of the book is exactly the same. Those bits, romantic on one side and a touch naughty on the other side. It's, it's gonna be, I mean, uh, it's gonna be a, a slog for the publisher because we, we haven't got exactly the same books. It's the same plot, same characters, same story, but scenes are different in each of our books because of the way we've done it with Naughty and Nice. But yeah, yes. we've got a publishing contract waiting for that. So they're gonna be waiting a while for that, mind you, but uh, it's nice That'll to know excellent. it's there for us. <laughs> well, I, I am looking for a female lady writer to work on a project that is just an idea with me. And oh. I, want, I want a book where it's both sides of the front cover, the back and the front of both front covers. And I, in, in, I'm describing it to myself, blue book, mm -hmm. pink book. Yeah. So you hold the book up the normal way, as you would, and you read the male version of the story. You flip yeah. it over and you're back to a front cover and you read, if you like, oh, from the back to the middle. I love the idea. Version, telling the same story. Yeah. But from, and this is... A female a, point of view. Yeah. So I, I, I will be looking shortly or that's, when I come uh, back. that's very unusual I, I love yeah. it when we can we can come up with like what we've done it's never been done before you first of all you haven't heard of a sci-fi dystopian erotica that's like a genre that doesn't exist and then that's to have one, two yeah. of the same books um one naughty one it's nice that's, that's never happened before but unfortunately we haven't we've we, I mean we've had views we've had sales we've had reviews and what have you but we haven't it hasn't got as big as I assumed it would because of the niche so I'm hoping with this publisher is going to um, help uh, the book get the uh, readers and get the market that it deserves because when you have something so unusual especially what you've just said, what you've talked about, it deserves to be read, it deserves to be out there, it deserves to go viral because it's something new and people new. need to need that. They need that, you know, it's something different. Yes. Um, Paul, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you at last. And you. Chatting with you, face. yes. Yeah. Um, where can everybody find your books, uh, the magazine and everything else that you do? Um... 
the 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 best connection, the easiest connection for everybody is find me Paul White. Find me on Facebook, my Facebook author page, and everything's linked to there. Uh, you can find my my website. Um, you can find my author website, pho photographic website, artistic website. You can find the magazine. Everything from there. So find me on Electric Eclectic and then track me down from there. That's much easier than saying press www.com. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, we totally, I totally forgot to talk about Google Eyes. Oh my gosh. Um, Paul so took a picture of me and turned it into this absolutely bizarre art where the eyes, I mean, you can tell it's me, for, but the eyes are what Google eyes and some of them are so creepy. Especially the baby. Oh my gosh. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, Paul does, he's got a hat in everything art, writing, um, uh, novelist, and, and uh, non fiction. And it's just, you're just so talented. You're so amazing. You. You're such a, a uh, wonderful, I, wonderful I guy. Just help, I just love the author world and I love helping other people. That's amazing. So, yeah. Well, all the best Questions. with uh, all your uh, new, and you've got a lot of things uh, coming up. I don't know how you're going to get through all your ideas, but uh, I know they, they're going to happen. I know they will. I know how determined you are. I know they will happen. So all the best for that. And thank you so much for being a guest on Behind the Pen. Uh, it's been a pleasure. lost connection there we go okay